0: Hey, on this episode of the Vetted Podcast, Your Journey Home, we are actually going to talk to a couple of Vetted VA professional real estate agents in California and Tennessee. They're going to talk about, is now a good time to buy? Now, if you're cynical or questioning like I tend to be, you'll be like, well, of course they're going to say now's a good time to buy. It's what they do. Well, I think you might be surprised by their answers. It always depends. It depends on a number of factors, and we're going to dive into those today in this episode. So tune in, listen up, and if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us at info at or join our Facebook group and ask your questions there. We're happy to have you. Welcome to the Veta VA Podcast. My name is Nathan Nottingham, joined by my co-host and partner, Christopher Griffith, where we're going to talk about all things VA
1: home loan benefit. Where we take a few minutes to teach, train, and educate you on the factors that should inform some of the biggest choices you'll ever make.
0: I'm here in Southern California. Jason Rivera is joining us, uh, also a loan officer in the San Diego area. So uh, we have a very similar geographic focus. And then Alexis is proud to tell you that she is here to represent Memphis, Tennessee and the real estate side. So um, what is better, Alexis? Memphis barbecue or Kansas City barbecue? Memphis. All right. What, what's the difference? Like Carolina is supposed to be like the tangy, like vinegary sauces. What's the difference between like Memphis? What's Memphis's claim to fame on the Okay,
2: book? Josh. Like, let's just cut to it. So I'm not a, I'm not a Memphian, okay? So I'm repping Memphis because I'm- So you team. claim
0: Memphis, but you're not really- Okay, I see. I see where we're going, Alexis. <laughs> Uh, The good news is she is a realtor to the core and can answer very well Mm -hmm. questions related. So geographically, she is in the state of Tennessee, Um, Mentally, we don't know, but she will definitely check in and give us answers on that. So big topic for us tonight. Um, We're going to be answering the question for you guys, is now a good time to buy? What did I do? I made myself disappear over here. That wasn't wasn't what I wanted to do. There, (laughs) I came back. We're gonna be talking tonight about, is now a good time to buy? There's Mm -hmm. multiple components to this. We're gonna go through some of the data we're going to go through a good chunk of the geographic information on that, as it does vary a little bit. You'll you'll see. Um, we're going to look at a lot of national data and see what that tells us, but a good chunk of it is is local. So. Um, Go through these charts relatively quickly just to give some background of the conversation and where we're coming from and what each of us are seeing seeing we'll talk about geographically kind of what we're seeing in the markets both on the real estate and the mortgage side and the people we're talking to what type of buyers we're seeing and what questions you should be able to answer in the affirmative if you are going to buy and successfully buy in the current market so with that guys um i kind of wanted to jump in the first few of these slides we'll just buzz through them really quickly The issue here is a year ago, we saw home prices dip a little bit on the national level um, when rates had jumped up through the first part of the year. They have gone up and that surprised a lot of people who expected that with interest rates up, affordability down, that home prices had to come down. This relates primarily back to supply and demand. So this chart here uh, only goes back here to 2019. I believe I have one going back longer, but it shows you that inventory was low in 2019 and it steadily decreased through COVID. Um, we saw a little bit of an increase in 2022. It looks like at the end of the year, we may get back to that uh, again. You'll see this, this just kind of shows the seasonality. This shows every year back to 2017. Um, basically showing you that we're having lower and lower inventory. And a a piece of that relates back to what happened during COVID home prices went up. So homeowners are sitting on a ton of equity and we all know what happened with interest rates. So buyers or owners homeowners are sitting on low interest rates with a lot of equity. They may want to move their life stage may be dictating, Hey, our family's getting bigger. We need to move to a bigger home, but That's a much larger hill to climb. So with that lock-in, we have less people selling. People are staying in their homes longer than ever. So it's keeping supply really limited. Alexis, how does that match up with with what you're seeing in the Tennessee market?
2: It's matching up pretty much the same. A lot of my clients, uh, mostly active duty, military, PCSing in and out of the area here. Um, When it's time to sell, they are sitting on a lot of equity. A lot of them are getting six figures after owning uh two to
0: three years and jason for for you are you dealing more with first-time buyers or are you dealing with people moving up moving into the area as they're PCSing into into the san diego area i think we've got you on mute jason
3: sorry uh i was gonna say most of the current buyers that i'm i'm working with that are actually purchasing are either prior homeowners because they're coming coming to Southern California with some uh, cash in their bank accounts um, dual income couples um, someone that has either a lot of income and or cash in the state in their bank account so that they can comfortably still afford something that um that that meets their needs
0: and I would say that that matches up really with what I'm seeing here you're seeing dual income households um, or one wage earner in the family that, that's doing very well, uh, affordability, especially for us and uh, not just coastal California, anywhere along the coast, other pockets of high priced areas, the affordability piece has hit even harder. Home prices at higher points and as you're financing more, it makes a bigger difference and a bigger hit to that uh, affordability. Um, but just r- relating back to this, kind of what I wanted to show in a few of, of these charts, uh, The the important part here to see in this dark line, you guys are probably seeing in the media, we're seeing, oh, uh, inventory is backing up. We'll see a chart in here that shows we're seeing more price reductions. But if you look at this seasonally, that's kind of what we see every year. We just went through the summer buying season um, where most people like to get into their new home, get their family moved, get the kids ready for school. And as we head into the holidays, less buyers so less demand um, and less supply as less sellers put their homes on the market so definitely would expect that you will see more of this but just be careful in the, the seasonal pieces of it when you see prices going up month over month in march april may june that's what we would expect when you see a slower market in the fall that's what we would expect and that's kind of why we look at seasonally adjusted numbers numbers year over year um but with that, why don't we talk, That's this is really the supply of homes out there. If you're looking at buying, what is supporting home prices is there are not enough homes for the buyers that are out there. Jason, why don't you give us a little bit of insight into what's happening in terms of demand and affordability. You talked about that a little bit with what you're seeing in terms of, of higher income families, but those that are making the decision to buy in the current market and doing so successfully, what, what do you see in demand wise uh, and how that equation plays out and how might it change through the rest of, of the fall and, and into the first part of the year?
3: Normally, I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit, is this the seasonality, right? So demand is going to naturally drop who who's actually buying during this time period. Um, and this, this also goes to um, help those who are looking to potentially sell right now is who's actually moving. Well, if you have a family or, you know, the the families that are currently in school, they're, they're likely not moving, they're getting ready for the holidays. Um, They're settled into school. So who is moving? It's people that have had a, you know, active duty who are PCSing, because the military is telling them, you know, move. And it's those who got a new job in a different location. So those are the only people that are kind of in that buyer market. So demand is going to drop because we don't have everyone that you know, all the normal basically your springtime buyers that kind of carry us through the summertime. That's why you you get a lot more inventory. Well, inventory drops because you got a lot of buyers and right now the people that are trying to sell have to move. These are people that, um, in some cases is a good time to purchase because you have some negotiation. You have people that are probably in a dire need to actually leave their location. They don't have that excess time. Um, so if you're a buyer, um, there might be, it's going to be a different style inventory, but there's a good chance that you could potentially negotiate, you
0: know. We're, we're going to jump into a chart here that, that does kind of show. The, the regional differences. But Stephanie's uh, joined us here. Stephanie is in Hawaii, um, a different market um, island, very different from the other uh, 49 states. But Stephanie, from that perspective, what are you seeing demand wise in your market just this year in 2023 overall? And how is that changing as we head into the fall and sort of past the, the peak buying season for the year?
1: Well, yes, we are in a very unique market. Um, being that we're on an island, we have always had a housing shortage here for many years. Um, even before the pandemic, we were 40,000 units short. So we also have a luxury vacation market and an international market. So if you don't have people, you know, we have and in Oahu, we have a lot of military families too. So there's always people that need to buy. Um, but We're not seeing things sit too long, like maybe in other states, and we also never really has, like, if you go back and look at the historical data, um, even 2008, 2009, there was never a decrease in value in the double digits, so we're in a unique market for sure.
0: That limited supply is is an important aspect there because it's everywhere had the hard times during covid because of supply chain issues well just imagine you want to build a house in hawaii there's some natural resources there but a lot of that stuff has to be brought in brought in on ships we've had issues with with fuel prices all sorts of things so kind of the the point that i would love to drive home there for those of you watching at home is know your market i'm gonna say that Memphis is probably not very similar to uh, Hawaii, you know, during COVID when rates were really low and every market was on fire, maybe they Mm -hmm. were similar. Um, uh, Alexis, what are your thoughts on this? Generally, I've always heard my realtor partners saying the good thing about buyers that are reaching out in October, November, December, if they're wanting to buy in this time of the year, they're pretty serious. You know, most, most people are not in the market. Is that, is that your experience as well?
2: that is absolutely accurate. Um, buyers and sellers typically in winter months, uh, fall late fall into winter are serious. So for buyers who are concerned sitting on the sidelines concerned that maybe the market is competitive, or they can't get the house kind of feeding off what Jason said earlier, um, sellers that are listing their homes right now, they're serious about moving anyone who's moved, really wants to move around the holidays right you know you prefer um when the weather's better if you're in an area that has cold weather believe it or not memphis gets pretty cold here um so or the kids are out of school or it's just easier to move so yeah in the fall and winter months buyers that are shopping are serious and sellers who are selling are pretty serious as well
0: so how about just in terms of, of inventory? How is the, the Memphis market and any of the other Tennessee markets or anything throughout the South that you may be keeping an eye on? Is inventory, inventory
2: is limited? It's limited. Okay. Um, it depends on the type of property. So I well, we keep saying Memphis, memphis is a city but we also have a lot of outlying rural areas homes with that on large pieces of property a lot of acreage um and some of those more rural county areas homes are definitely sitting past 30 days here in the city um homes that are priced well and look well because if you're in the market to sell your home something sellers need to understand is buyers are picky right now okay so if your home has some issues Maybe it smells, it's not too clean, it might be sitting for a while. Uh, But typically here we're seeing average days on market about seven to 20 days, depending on the house. But however, there are homes that can still go under multiple offers within a day or two of being listed.
0: We had some other data here, and my charts are a little out of order, so give me just one second. What I wanted to go through, another thing that we see here as we head into the fall, um, we're likely to start seeing, when we go back to that month over month versus year over year, we're likely to start seeing some negative prints month over month in some areas. Uh, in in the highest priced markets, or I shouldn't say the highest priced market, the most affordable markets, the markets that are still sort of humming along, we won't likely see that. But if you're on social media, if you're on TikTok, you're on Instagram, you're on YouTube, you will know that one of the greatest click magnets there is is to talk about the coming housing crash. Now, most of the people with these channels have been talking about it since 2017 or so, so they've only been wrong for about six years. Um, But it's important that if you're considering buying, and especially for veterans who may be moved, not of their own accord, fairly regularly and having shorter time frames, that we have to look at that. We have to look at that information and think, is that a possibility? Um, Is a crash possible so jason if you have uh, a buyer that you're pre-approving they're saying okay so we can get approved for something that we want um, but our worry is that we're going to buy and then this market is going to dip and maybe tell us a little bit about your experience i know you've shared it here on the show before but um, when you bought 15 years ago you ended up on the wrong side of markets you have a unique perspective on that
3: yeah so uh, my own past which was buying in 2007 i had rented for a year um, $24,000 in rent later, I said, you know what, I'm going to buy. It was 2007, top of the market, um, purchased, uh, bad education. I was sold into an 80-20 loan, um, 20% in a seven-year balloon uh, interest only. Uh, I was smart enough to realize that I had seven years to pay that off, um, or I probably wouldn't be able to afford my, my town home at the time. But in either case, uh, by about 2009, 2010, that home uh, drop to just a fraction of what I bought it for. Um, definitely a gut-wrenching, gut-wrenching experience, but, uh, nothing changed in the, as far as I wasn't moving, I wasn't PCSing. So we stayed in that home for a little bit longer than we had expected and ultimately sold for profit. Why did I tell all that? Well, because of my experience, my very first question, when someone wants to buy here in San Diego is, you know, how long do you, do you have left here? You know, if you're active duty, especially, um, you know, when are you up for orders? What are your chances of staying here in San Diego? Um, You know, if you're an E six looking to make E seven soon, I even take that into consideration, because I know a lot of Navy guys make E seven, and then they immediately are transferred out of their current command, which means they could be leaving. So before COVID, we used to look at about a three to four year, meaning that you'd have to own a home for about three to four years, depending on the location in San Diego, before you could sell it and walk away um, without being upside down, not that you'd not that the home values had dropped, but the home appreciation year over year, um, let's say is 6%. And you still have your your um, a real estate agent commission um, and uh, closing costs to pay. So for you to break even it used to be about three to four years. Well, now with the home prices going up, now we're looking at, you know, five to six years. So if you're not here for a duty for five to six years, now we have to start thinking, all right, what happens if you get orders in two years or three years? Um, you know, If you're here less than two years, I might say, it's not. this is not the market for you to buy in yet. Wait till your next command, as soon as you get orders to that next command, or if it's here, then buy. But not midway through, you know, you've know, you already been on a boat or you've already been on shore duty for a couple of years, maybe it's not the time. Um, and the reason behind that is that also, if you do decide to purchase, I'm going to say, hey, let's look at you becoming a landlord as an alternative solution. So if you do need to sell, and your home value isn't there yet, we can look at potentially renting that out later when you PCS to maybe to Stephanie's location or to Alex's lo- um or Alexis's location in Tennessee. Um, so just some things that, like, ultimately it comes down to having a knowledgeable real estate agent and mortgage professional that is helping guide you for that local market? Cause everyone's market's different. I'm sure Alexis's market's way different than, than San Diego's.
1: I was, I was going to say, um, you know, that conversation that Jason's talking about when you first talk to a mortgage professional, um, I was actually at an open house this weekend and met, um, some people who had recently pcs here and they've actually never talked to their loan officer by phone and this was someone buying like in the two million dollar range um probably a colonel i i didn't ask he was in shorts at the time so i just <laughs> we just had a combo but that's what i could deduct from the conversation but no one had had this conversation with him and if you if you are talking to a mortgage professional and that's not one of the first things that They're asking how long are you going to live in the home? What are your goals? Would you ever be a landlord? These things that Jason just mentioned. To me, that is not a a VA specialist. (laughs) Right? They are just trying, they are just doing the, you know, usual, you know, getting your app, getting you through the system. You should be having someone having these conversations to help you with your real estate agent make decisions. Um, and provide the information to you that, so that you can ultimately when you pcs have all your options op- open
0: Well, let, let's kind of talk about it i i think most folks will find the conversation more uh more relatable from alexis's perspective with tennessee yeah. prices but let's talk about hawaii prices you mentioned two million dollars you know in southern california and hawaii that's not even necessarily a spectacular home nice home by all means but it's not ultra high end and how do you go about having that conversation with someone who may only be stationed there for two to three years knowing that you know probably at that price point they have accumulated some equity they're going to put some money down but what does that conversation look like? What do, does a seller percentage wise need to think about if I have to move in three years and I've paid my loan down two and a half, three 3% over that time frame? because in the early going, you're not paying a lot down um, percentage wise. I mean, dollars wise, the loans are all big enough now that it's real money. You're building up equity through amortization and principal pay down, but not nearly enough to cover what transaction costs would be on the way out. So what does that conversation look like for you in Hawaii?
1: Well, that's where, again, using, you know, I always ask who who's your real estate agent and let's get on a call together so we can talk about all of this, um, because especially at that price point. Yes, they usually are pretty. They're a little more savvy, usually. Right. They probably have already bought in a few homes um, and and they do want to return. Um, most of them don't want to purchase unless they know they're going to a little more than break even. Right. So that would be a part of the conversation um but also the big part is do you want to be a landlord you know what what's the worst case scenario right that there's a negative equity Um, are you okay with that and if not maybe we need to look at a different price point um you know in in hawaii our homes too like when we say million dollar home right it's not a million dollar like a million dollar home in tennessee right it's a plantation home Or a new build that's three bedroom, maybe 1,200, 1,500 square feet. So, you know, that's also a a, a sticker shock for people when they get here. They are imagining they're going to have, you know, beachfront, and that's not beachfront, right? Beachfront is 1.8, 2 million, right? Something like that, unless it's a condo. Um, I, I think, again, it's all about options and, you know, providing people with. The information, I think another big thing, you know, when I talk to people and if they've talked to other mortgage professionals, I'm always really surprised that they've never been offered a fee sheet, right? So they can actually see the difference in monthly payments so that they can see the difference if um, the rates go down, what is that going to look like for them? Uh, It's about, I think at this point in the market, as much information as they need to make the right decisions for themselves.
0: And, and that's, I love the way you phrase that, because really what I like to tell a client when they call is, well, answer as many questions as you have. And I'm going to open up some dialogue and ask you a few questions. And there's no, no, there is no dumb question. There's not too many questions. You can't ask too many. We should go through here just like you said, until you're comfortable with the decision. So as many questions as you have. Now, uh, Alexis. I in actually your market, have problems.
2: Say something about pricing. So I'm actually a native San Diegan, born and raised there <laughs> and a Navy spouse. So we've kind of lived everywhere. And now don't we're let your,
1: don't
0: let your people in Memphis know that. They'll be like, she saw. I know how to do that. Was a beach girl. Girl.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay, but anyway, so it's important to understand for viewers that might are hearing Jason and Stephanie talk and Josh, because he's out in Cali too. They're talking about these high price points. And something if you're sitting in a market like Memphis, Tennessee, or you're in North Carolina, or you're in Idaho or South Dakota, wherever you are, um, understand that everything costs more in those other markets, mm-hmm. right? Everything costs more. You're making more money. Wages are higher. Minimum wage is higher. There's a lot of things going into that. So while you hear 2 million, you hear 1.5, uh, a home like that. There is something here in my market. That's maybe like about 700,000. You know, so income plays a part in that where you are in the country as well. And we kind of have the opposite here when it comes to BAH. I'm at a cheap duty station for the Navy. Right. So the Navy, you think coastal areas, typically everyone coming from wherever the ocean is. So Hawaii, California, Virginia, even places like Connecticut, BAH is considerably higher so it's reverse someone coming from hawaii or san diego they're like what do you mean i'm not getting four thousand a month <laughs> right i'm getting 2100 what you know they're completely shocked so regardless of where you're going bah um and cost of living for that location always should be considered you know so just kind of want to drop that in someone's sitting there and they're like we only want to buy you know a certain price point and here they are talking about millions
1: so, no, we do have price points under million, you know. Right now though, those are condos, right? Anything under let's say 80,0 000 is probably a condo. Um nice condos, um, and some really great opportunities, but yeah, just a little different. So we also have low property taxes. We've <laughs> we've
0: we've talked about some of the unique features of veteran active duty being moved around and having to think in terms of that timeline. We've talked about in the context of the conversation is now a good time to buy or should I be looking to buy the supply and demand issue that there's not a lot to choose from, not a lot of competition, but relative to the homes that are available, there is a good chunk of competition. We've seen a very interesting last 12 months in, in prices kind of dipping, prices then coming back and, and having year over year gains just about wherever we are. It's a thought that is on people's minds. When someone comes to you and just asks point blank, which I would say probably 25, 30% of people that I talk to, they, they'll come out and ask a version of, would you buy in the current market? are you comfortable with this what are what are your thoughts if someone comes out and asks you that question directly let's start with you jason i'd love to hear all all of you guys perspective on that someone in in san diego veteran non-veteran active duty not active duty says hey i'm thinking about buying i do have a longer term time horizon Um, i can qualify is now a good time for me to buy we got you muted again jason
3: Going back to what Stephanie said, I would say, uh, you know, as long as that member is aware of their options and that's kind of the key, key thing, um, or, or that family is aware of their options. Um, would I buy. Yeah. I actually just closed on a condo, uh, a Wednesday, last Wednesday, um, here in San Diego. So would I buy? Yeah, I, I just did. Um, and, uh, didn't even hesitate. Um, I inherently seem to buy homes at the top of the market. So why not just continue that trend? Uh, when I bought my uh, other rental in 2015, I was 30,000 over everyone in the neighborhood and the smallest home. And you know what? I I don't regret it at all. Um, it's one of the best uh, best rentals I have. Um, so yeah, I, no no issue at all.
0: I think that's an important point. Um, there's a couple of things that I like. If you're working with a mortgage or real estate professional, ask them, about their their home. I'm not saying, hey, what's your home worth? Are you going to sell? But say, how long have you owned? Are you looking at moving yourself? Do you own rental property? Because that, that can be instructive. If you're talking to someone that says, hey, home prices are great, you should absolutely buy, and then they've got four sale signs in the yards of all of their rental properties, that would probably tell you that that's not really what they believe. Um, I can say that back in 2007, we were advising everyone who had non-essential real estate. So other than your own primary residence, that if that wasn't a long-term holding, if that wasn't something that was part of your retirement plan, it's a condo in a bad neighborhood, you don't love it, probably should consider selling it. And most clients didn't take that advice. My favorite one was a lady who had acquired 18 rental properties, all of them using option arms and very little down. And she was telling me that was her retirement plan. She couldn't possibly sell any of them. And we had a plan to, to sell about two thirds of them and then have plenty of equity in the others and nice cash flow. She didn't do it. And I think she lost everything but her, her primary residence. But long way of saying there's different points in markets and no one today has a crystal ball. The crazy people with the, the YouTube channels saying every week for five years that the housing market's gonna crash clearly don't have a crystal ball. We can't sit here with a crystal ball and tell you, hey, prices are gonna be higher in, in five years than they are today. What we can say is there's a balance between supply and demand. That's kind of why we're seeing, depending on where you're at, prices slightly up. Maybe if you're in Bay Area, price is slightly down, but ask, ask the person that you're working with what do you own in terms of real estate? What are you doing? Are you looking to acquire more? Are you looking to get rid of some? Are you looking to rotate up? What are you doing? And ask them why? Have them just give you their rationale for what it is in the market. It's not enough to just say, I only buy or I buy and hold. I don't ever sell real estate. You'll hear that from people. And you're like, well, that's not smart. I mean, the best investors I know use shifts in the market as an opportunity to rotate up into better properties or get rid of a property that they can harvest some gains. Um, so it's just a, a thought there. I'm just trying to think of, of what's the most instructive way that we can share with with the audience. Is it a good idea to buy? Like from my perspective, I always wanna know why are, are you buying? Is it, is it fear of missing out? is that you have family members that say well we all own homes and we've made lots of money on our home and you need to own your home Um, i'll get that sometimes from single people but they're getting pressure from their family members and yet they have a boyfriend or girlfriend five states away that may require them moving so i personally like to go through what's your motivation What's your stability? And I don't mean, are you personally stable? I mean, do you need to potentially move for a job? We talked about if you're active duty, your job might move you, but some people may say, hey, if I'm mobile and can go three states away, one of my best clients here in California, he was a costco manager and the only way he could get his own store was to go to texas he didn't want to be a texas resident unlike most californians he did not want to go to texas but if you know anyone who has their own store under costco it's a pretty good gig so his family all moved off to houston they've been there for 15 years and now they love being in texas so is is there a reason why you need flexibility in your geography is it a relationship is it a job and the relationship may just be different if you're single and you say I wanna own my own place. I got that cool little studio condo right across from the beach. And then you get a girlfriend and then a wife and a baby on the way, the studio is probably not gonna work really good. So from that perspective, I just like to keep the big picture open. Where are you today? Where are you gonna be in one year, three years, five years? And how does that impact your housing? Cause it leads back to both the cost of, of transaction wise, of getting a loan on the way in, of selling it on the way out. Um, all of that adds up and then we add in to the timing of a little bit of uncertainty of what happens going forward with the, the market. Um, anything you have uh, that you you go through with your clients on top of that, Stephanie, or any other advice that you would give them in terms of considering when is the right time to enter the market?
1: Yeah, I mean, Hawaii again is, is unique because if you're not gonna live here long-term, right? You're gonna be a very long distance landlord. <laughs> And that said, we have some great property managers here. Um, but then like the Navy, sometimes we'll have people here for 12 years, right? So, you know, there's a lot of people that, oh, I wish I would have bought before the pandemic, or I'm, you know, so again, we look at your situation now and, and where you're at, what you want out of it. Um, are you and and I also too, you know, I, I'm not one of those loan officers that make people feel guilty for not buying. It's their personal decision and especially being here in Hawaii and knowing that if they live on base and or rent outside of of base, um, can I help them get ready for their next duty station, (laughs) you know, get them fully ready to go so that they know what to expect in three years and I can still work with them. Um, But, you know, we're talking about opportunity. Right. And um, I don't know if we're getting to that later, but here in Hawaii, you know, people, you know, sometimes it means that I might not work with them. For example, a good deal right now are the new builds, right? We have two wonderful new build communities here on Oahu, uh, Koa Ridge and Ho'opili. And even if it's a condo, it's a great opportunity to buy a new home and to hold on to it. And those will rent out, should have no trouble renting those out, right? They're centrally located. And the other really good deal right now in Hawaii is um, you know, we don't really have a lot of true duplexes, true multi families under four units. What we have are a lot of homes that look like multi family, <laughs> but are actually a single family home with an Ohana unit, which is like an ADU, right? Or a second unit on the property. And my clients that have really tapped into that, I feel like, um, and who've seen the vision of having a second unit they know they're going to have a little bit higher mortgage payment they can afford the mortgage payment and but they know it's going to be tight but they see the vision of that second unit that studio that they can rent for 1200 1500 2000 and those homes during the pandemic were going 100,000 over asking over list price and now just the nature of the baby boomers aging out, we're seeing a lot more of these on the market and they're sitting there a little longer and they are perfect opportunities if someone's willing to maybe do a little work on, on these properties. So that's, you know, I have, I have these discussions with people and I also suggest they have these discussions with their real estate agent, of course. Um, but as a loan officer, I see, I sometimes see things a little differently, right? I'm seeing what, what things what homes people are putting offers in, uh, according to their price ranges and s- different things. So that's, that's what I usually try to talk to people about or have they thought of these other things? And some people are like, I don't I actually do not want a second unit. Okay. Well, we'll move we'll on to something else. But <laughs> There's definitely great opportunities.
0: Alexis, how does that compare with the conversations you're having with, uh, prospective buyers?
2: <laughs> Very similar. Although the price points different, um, here, the uniqueness of the duty station where I'm at is it's in the Navy and it's shore duty. It's also kind of, I call it the retirement village. People come here to retire. That's yeah. included. So um trying to understand, regardless if you're in any of these duty stations we're talking about here, it's always important to understand, or even if you're a civilian, you know, um, you're just moving from Wisconsin or wherever you're at, it's mm-hmm. always important to make sure that you follow the trends, too, in the neighborhood. You know, try to collect as much data as you can. Utilize the real estate professionals. Um, we, Everyone has data. Everyone can pull comps, not just going back six months. They could go back a year. They could see what's the trend been. They can also see what's coming to the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that I think is often overlooked in real estate is... What's happening in the community? Um, are they building, for example, where I live, we have a freestanding ER. We have a whole um, a Chipotle, you know, it sounds a little, you know, you're like, what, you have a Chipotle? Well, trust me, so it was like the sticks when I moved here, okay? So anyway, we have a lot of things coming, um, like Stephanie said, new um, new construction, things like that. So where's the economy, you know? It's important to know that because if you have a lot of building going around you, a lot of commercial properties popping up, a lot of Starbucks, things like that. That also helps, um, you know, desire making an area more desirable um, and people wanting to move there because people do like amenities, although remember, I do sell rules. So some people don't want anybody around them. You know, people just want to be alone. Um, I do think, though, it's always important, regardless of where you are, whether you're near a military base or not, to always discuss rent, because life happens in real estate, Mm -hmm. right? It's not just always your PCSing with orders. People get divorced, people die, people get sick, uh, jobs change, and we can't predict the future, like Josh said. So you have to prepare yourself you have to go in doing the research. And again, this is where you're going to want to lean on the professionals that are helping you along the way and say, Hey, if my mortgage is X amount of dollars right now about where's rent at. Okay. Because if you're going in and your mortgage is about 3000, but every, all the homes around you are renting for 2000, you're already kind of in a jam there, you know, and maybe you need to start looking in another area. So keep that in mind. Um, life happens in real estate. And you always want to make sure that you protect your investment and above all, protect your family. Because mm-hmm. something that I don't think is stressed enough is nobody's going to care what happens with your family. It's sad to say that, but for military members, we kind of know that at, at least, excuse me, I'm a spouse, but military families, you kind of understand that and nobody cares. The mission continues, but the bank's not going to care either. Okay. They're like, sorry, that happened, but your, pay, your mortgage payments do. So you have to go in arming yourself with as much education as possible. Mm-hmm. And this is regardless of market conditions. You know, I know, understand now some people are a little bit more what's going on rates are higher than we've seen the last few years, but even a couple of years ago, buyers should have still been looking at the entirety of the market um, and observing everything so that way they protect their investment.
0: You said something that was really important, and I'm going to actually take exception with it, even though, even though it was true. You said the professionals that you're working with, we all have access to data. That's true, they do all have access to data, whether it's on the mortgage side or the real estate side. But the reality is, especially, I would say on both sides, it is truly an 80-20 business in that 20% of the people do 80% of the business, but also, more knowledgeable, more professional, more expertise. And that data element in the current market is more important than it's ever been. If you're buying in 2020 in the height of COVID and everything's going to go up 20% in the next year, if you're off a couple percent on what you pay for a home or what you sell your home for, it's all going to just work out, work itself out in the wash. Mm-hmm. We're not in that kind of a market, uh, again likely to be choppy and slightly up over the next few years but you're not going to have that big get out of jail free card of a 30 40 percent run up in equity in the next two three four years like we we benefited from Um, before we finish tonight i definitely want to transition to affordability and what buyers can do to sort of combat that work with it and try and make homes as affordable as possible but sort of just on the last piece of this should i buy some numbers that i always like to to go back to is at any given time about 65 percent of American households choose to be homeowners. At the worst of the meltdown, when many thousands of people lost their homes in 2008-2009, that number went down to about 62 percent. And there were predictions that at that time Millennials don't ever want to own homes. They're never going to get out of their parents' basements. They're never going to get married. They're never going to get careers. And magically, what do we do? We look around. Who are all of our buyers? Who are all of our borrowers? They're millennials with spouses, with kids, with careers. And they want to buy homes because they're 34, 35, 36, 37, 38. And that's older than prior generations, by three, four, five years. So the timing was different, but the motivations don't change. As much as we all like to think we are special, unique flowers, we are all animals. Just like all dogs, kind of in relation, they'll do similar things. All people hit a certain point in life and they want to nest in a home for their family. So that is unlikely to change. So that desire to want to be a homeowner is not going to change, not going to go away. It's not right for everyone. Not everyone is capable of being a successful homeowner. We saw that with some of the policies in the 90s that the government thought, hey, homeownership is good. So more homeownership must be better. So we made crazy policies that made more loans available to more people, uh, and we got up to, I think, 68, 69 percent homeownership. And that's unsustainable. There's not that many American households capable of being successful homeowners. So we're right in the middle of that range right now, about 65, 66 percent. affordability is going to make that more difficult. Going forward it is a bigger hurdle for this generation to enter into. But it is an important hurdle to cross because both you want it for your family or most people do. And over the long run, not over a two, three, four year time frame, but over a 10, 20, 30 year time frame, it will build real wealth. It will fix your housing cost or at least a good portion of it. Taxes and insurance will vary, but that mortgage payment Not only is it fixed, if you take a 30 year fixed mortgage, you have an option to lower it if and when rates cooperate over time. And if you don't keep doing cash out refinances in 30 years, you get to the point where that payment goes away entirely. So when we look, the actual average mortgage payment in the United States is much lower than the average rent payment. People hear that and go, that's crazy. It costs way more to own a home. I said, we're not talking about the person buying today. We're talking about the person that bought 10 years ago, all the people that bought 20 years ago, the people that bought 40 years ago owning a home over the long haul is much cheaper, even though in the current market it is likely to be more expensive than renting. So I didn't even mean it, but that was actually a good circle, right back to the affordability piece of it. Jason, we've seen on the mortgage side, some different ideas, solutions, ways of of working with and and helping with that affordability issue. are you seeing any of your clients take use of a temporary buy downs, a two-one buy down, a one-o buy-down, um, seller credits to permanently buy an interest rate down? Um, or maybe even we talk, you know, Stephanie had mentioned the the builders. The builders are getting a, a good chunk of the business right now because they're buying down rates for mm-hmm. for buyers. How is that impacting your market and, and people that you're working with?
3: So I'm gonna I'll, I'll answer a little bit and I'm gonna deflect back to Stephanie because she, I know in the beginning you said I was a, a lender.
1: I am sorry, I but,
3: but but I'm a, <laughs> a real estate agent. But that's okay. Um, I, have I seen uh, some some buy downs? Yes, we've had some clients that have, that have done buy downs um, more permanent. Because when we compared uh, like the two to one buy down versus just a permanent buy down, the, the permanent buy down actually seemed to be a better option for our clients. So we've gone more towards a a permanent um, based on the amount of credit we were able to uh, um, obtain. From the sellers, but um, as far as how many, I think it's probably a better question for Stephanie because she deals with a lot more.
1: I think the buy downs, you know, I think it's market dependent, right? Are you in a place where um, sellers are open to that, where real estate agents have gotten to the point where they're educating their clients, the sellers, that it's better for the buyers to do a buy down than reducing the price? Um, not all markets are there um, here because we have a large military community. I would say we see the the buy downs frequently and more frequently as the months go, go on. They're more open to to that. And, and I think, it, you know, kudos to the real estate agents because they're they're the ones that are really providing that information to the sellers. Um, but as far as, you know, just affordability, you know, you know, some of my favorite clients are actually the single Talk about millennials getting into homes there's single millennials you know veterans and service members buying homes and a lot of them do you know what we call house hacking right they they buy a two or three bedroom condo with at least two bedrooms and they rent out one or two rooms um if they're single and you know the ones that know that they're going to do that wow they go in and and you know have it all worked out on paper and i'm, I'm pretty amazed that that they're ready for that um but again it's it's about i always tell people there's two parts of getting pre-approved one is what does my computer system say right i plug in all your numbers debt to income ratio your assets all of that and i get a, a an approval an automated underwriting approval through my software that says you're approved for this certain amount but i also say you also have to know your budget right what is your max that you're comfortable with and realistically you know i don't know how much you spend on diapers travel you know, kids' activities, whatever. So, you know, again, it's it's the counseling part. But I think, yeah, affordability, affordability. I would say the buy downs, um, other seller concessions, as much as we can get for a mini seller is awesome. And then just people just being creative.
3: I'll, I'll jump back in real fast just to mm-hmm. to tag off Stephanie's yeah. uh, assumable um, has become a oh, very. Yes. Uh, It has become very big here in in San Diego, um, not just for VA, but also assuming FHA. Um, And, uh, you know, other than the two to one buy down or uh, just buying down outright. um, The house hacking is huge. And like Stephanie, a lot of the the single military because I think they have the flexibility. They don't have a spouse that's saying like, I'm not going to to have a, uh, you know, a, a roommate or, or the, you know, the ones that have a family and their kids are, you know, involved and they're like, you know, that that's normally kind of like a hard no, but if they're single, you know, they're normally only qualified for, for quite a bit smaller amount. And so they're getting creative. They want something with a few more rooms. And, and normally they're getting, a, they're getting a pre-approved for that, but their mortgage amount isn't necessarily where they want it to be. So they'll go in and buy that two or three bedroom, but then rent out those extra rooms. Um, we've had guys also kind of um, similar to what Stephanie said, either buying, looking at duplexes, um, triplexes, and, and getting approved for more based off the rent. And, and then, you know, not only renting those units out, but renting the rooms out because they can get more per unit based off room rent than they can off Mm -hmm. just renting it as a separate home, if you will. Um, so that creativity, that thinking outside the box, uh, people that have had like formal dining rooms or large attics converting them into additional living space so that they can then rent it out just very outside of the box thinking, but you know,
0: uh, Alexia, so we, awesome we, we, we didn't leave a lot of meat on the bone there, but is, are, are there any other No, would you, would guys left have, to, you guys to yeah. go over in Tennessee?
2: You guys <laughs> left a lot. No, no, no. You guys left a lot. So for everyone who's not in an area like Stephanie or Jason or Josh, <laughs> right? <laughs> Hello, everyone else in America like me. Um, what Jason's talking about, I can tell you from being originally from the west coast and moving here that sort of stuff doesn't apply here okay so all this house hacking and adding change converting dining rooms into the living rooms let me tell you you do something like that in my market your house is going to be a little funky to sell okay regardless of when you try to sell it so people are expecting a dining room here okay Definitely take the approach of win and row when it comes to real estate. That's mm-hmm. the best I can say. Also, while we're talking about the rental thing, and I think this is really going to apply no matter where you live, you have to make sure that you're allowed to rent out your home. You're allowed mm-hmm. to rent rooms, right? So you're going to want to make sure um, you, if you're in buying an HOA that the HOA allows rental, regardless if it's another roommate or if it's just, you need to rent your house out because you can't sell it, or you just want to rent it for passive income. Okay. Uh, but Stephanie brought up some, some really good points there about consumers uh, via their agents, educating them about buy-downs and stuff. And I can tell you as a real estate agent, I'm opening doors, I'm helping you with contracts, I'm providing data on comps, things like that. What I'm not doing is telling you how much a 2-1 two, a buy-down is gonna cost. Because I'm not working your loan, your loan professional is. So you need to, when you first start interviewing your, your loan professionals, have that conversation with them if they seem clueless on it then go somewhere else okay so initially when you're doing your buyers consult and you're talking to your agent all that stuff's fine um but if you're talking about trying to get a deal doing a buy down in price, okay, so you want to come in maybe 20, 30 K low, or however much, depending on where you are. Um, It's important to know ahead of time, how much is that buy down going to cost, right? Because remember, kind of going back about 30 minutes ago, I was explaining here in my market, some homes can still be competitive, right? You don't have, you might assume, oh, homes here are sitting about 10 days on market. I have several days to sleep on it not necessarily all right we're coming into those winter months where those serious buyers are out there being serious so you're going to want to have as much information up front as you can obtain from your loan professional when it comes to numbers such as how much is the 2-1 buy down going to cost how much are buy down points going to cost permanent buy down because once you first ask for it in the contract Whatever's asked for, we're really not going to be able to go back and say, Hey, yeah, you know, we forgot to ask you for this $20,000 to buy this rate down. You know, this seller is I was going to say, Hey, sorry, uh, you should have asked that before we went under contract. Okay. So kind of make sure you establish that up front. Uh, that's the best that I could say. And definitely when it comes to all this renting hack stuff where I live, there is no setting up a shed in the back and like rent it out for 2000 not going to happen you're gonna have the police come knocking on your door <laughs> the fire marshal saying this is not happening if you want to rent out something you're just gonna have to buy an apartment building that's at least how it applies here in memphis,
0: well, tennessee. this so. is what's funny about a month ago we did an episode of our podcast about moving to a lower cost of living area tennessee parts of memphis would be lower than southern Hello? california
1: where was so i this,
0: this was the funny thing like 50 percent of the comments were people like yep we got out of southern california we moved to xyz and our house is half what it would have cost we love it it's amazing it's the best thing ever and then the other half of the people are like you're an idiot i'll rent or i'll live in a cardboard box on the beach for the rest of my life i'm never doing it there was no one in the middle either people like you guys are right this is the absolute best thing to do or you are dumb i they will drag my cold dead body off the beach when when my time comes so just uh, think about that, we, we have three people here in very high cost of living markets. Yes. Um, and it is, it is without a doubt, Jason and I were talking a little bit before the show came on, it is more frustrating for buyers right now. It's frustrating for buyers everywhere. So it's not to say, hey, anyone has an easy time of it. But if you're in a market where a condo starts at 600 and a single family starts at 900, a different conversation than the market i was in indianapolis last weekend we drove by a bunch of houses three hundred thousand dollars a three hundred ten thousand dollar duplex i was like i would absolutely buy that so it's it's a very very different market depending on where you're at alexis hinted at it this is kind of another affordability issue here that home prices take for example i was in indianapolis three hundred thousand dollar probably median home price in terms of the entry level. It's less than half of what it is here. Jobs do not pay half in Indianapolis of what they pay in California. They pay 70, 75, 80%. So in terms of what that does for your life, now not everything is cheaper, but for most people housing is far and away your most expensive thing. So before we go around the horn and I give you guys an opportunity to close, let me leave my kind of final thoughts on this. We already talked about 65% of American families, choose to own their home. I think in the long haul, the experiment has been done. The numbers bear it out. Everyone should buy a home. That doesn't mean you should buy a home today. It doesn't mean you should buy at all costs. It doesn't mean throw all logic out the window and take on a payment with a 70% debt to income ratio that you're never going to be able to leave your house because you have not two extra nickels. So if buying a home is not realistic for you today, I would still think in terms of Talk to a lender, talk to someone like me, talk to someone like Stephanie and say, what does it look like? How far am I away? What gap do I have to close? Do I have to go get a spouse? Do we have to give up one of the kids? What is it gonna take for us to be able to to buy a house? But seriously, you can realistically work work up a budget. What does it have to look like? And maybe that conversation says, hey, I need to go buy a house from Alexis in in Tennessee versus trying to to fight this battle here in California. I think home ownership is that important. Um, You may not. But it is important that if you choose to be a renter for the rest of your life, it doesn't mean that you can just throw caution to the wind because those rent increases have gone up at a higher rate than inflation over the last 50 years. And they will likely do so going forward. So rent is expensive today, it will be more expensive. What you don't wanna have happen is, hey, I'm 70 years old, I'd like to retire, but my rent's $8,500 a month. And before you think that sounds crazy, go back in time and see what rents were 30, 40 years ago Relative to today, and you'll realize that it is very reasonable in many areas that you'll have eight and $9,000 a month rents when folks are wanting to retire. That's a tough battle. So um, none of this is easy. You have to choose your your fights and battles and choose the correct entry point for you. That's why we're here every week. That's why we bring these experts in and get, get it from a bunch of different angles, a bunch of insights and ideas. So with that, um, I was the first to go. Jason, what do you say? in terms of, is now the right time to buy? What advice do you have to someone considering it on the fence? Maybe not sure if it makes sense for them today.
3: Uh, I kind of go back to what I said before, is it's just going in with an open mind and knowing and, and getting, you know, have, talking to your mortgage professional, talking to your real estate agent and learning what your options are. Um, you know, as Stephanie mentioned, as I mentioned, you know, there's different unique situations for our high cost California and Hawaii areas. Or you know more traditional over in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, either way, go in with that open mind. What, what can I afford? Can I afford something that will work for my family? And then decide how long am I going to be here, and kind of run those numbers. Ask your real estate agent. Ask a mortgage professional to help you if you're not you know not savvy with how to run those numbers and figure out does this make sense? Because if you're going to be in an area for really any given point of time depending on that area, you know, waiting is a dangerous game to get into, and it's very hard to get out. And, you know, a lot of people say, Hey, I'm going to wait. And then they PCS to Hawaii and hey, something came up, I'm going to wait a little bit longer. Next thing you know, they're leaving Hawaii. And now they're moving to Memphis, Tennessee. And then they had another kid and you know, something happened, the car broke, whatever, I'm going to wait. Next thing you know, hey, I'm now retiring from the military, and I'm still waiting. It's a dangerous game to play and you know sometimes you, you you have to find a point when you can get in because if you keep waiting eventually you can get to a point where you may not ever be able to get back in. That's kind It of
0: goes it, it goes back to Jason what you're saying like Tony Robbins talks about the law of diminishing intent. The longer you go without doing something you plan yeah. on doing, the less likely you are to do it. And it's amazing every year that goes by, the years go faster. One year becomes three, becomes five, becomes 10, and you look up and you're 48. You didn't buy a house when you started thinking about it when you were 31. So definitely important there. We just got a couple, our first two questions pop up here at the end of the show. And one, we can kind of relate back to the other one. So the first one, how do I find a lender broker? And let's make sure that I can get us back here to a Alexis, it's putting you in the tiny window instead of the big window. I was oh. going to try and make the big window come back up because I know how you like that. If you go out to vettedva.com, you will find a map here. And in the map, you just click on the state that you're in, yep. and it's going to show multiple lenders and hopefully multiple realtors. The realtor coverage, realtors are, are more local. It's important that you have someone local to your market. So if you don't have someone in your town, your city on the map, find the person closest to you, reach out to them. They can get you connected with someone who has expertise in the VA space uh, and can represent you well. The follow-up to that here is Jason says, Alexis, I'm in Tennessee. Could I ask you a question after the live? Alexis's bubbly personality is making friends right here during the show. So Jason, if you would li- if you would like to, you can go to the map, hit Tennessee, you'll see Alexis's picture and all of her contact info or alexis if you would prefer you could tell him an email or another way to contact you
2: you want to call me 901 687 8054 you asked
0: they asked absolutely and now the problem is alexis can get like 50 calls after the show and some of them are are going to be just wanting a friend wanting to hang out alexis i'm going to the club you ready to go
1: no okay i
0: I, I definitely did not want to uh, skip you two ladies so Alexis, your your final thoughts. Should someone buy today in the current market? Is now a good time to buy? What is your thoughts or advice to anyone looking to make that leap from renter to homeowner?
2: Okay, so my thoughts in this market or any market is you never buy unless you're comfortable, and also in uh, normal America, right? It is about what you can afford, but it's also your comfort level, and I kind of feel that's wherever you're buying. Okay, and your comfort level is going to vary depending on what's going on in your life financially. Uh, maybe your mom lives with you or whatever is going to have a baby. OK, so whether you're on the fence about buying, you need to make sure that it everything you're doing is at a price point, a monthly price point that you're comfortable with. All right. Um, absolutely. I personally feel it's best to invest in my family's future. Um, my husband was active duty military. He's now retired. He always got BAH. We lived in housing when we had to overseas, obviously, you know, you got to live in housing when you're overseas. Right. You can't really buy on foreign soil most of the time. Um, but, you know, most jobs don't afford you the opportunity with a housing allotment. OK, so if you're active duty, uh, depending on your duty station and if you're comfortable, um, Implementing purchasing a home at that time, check it out before you transfer in, whether it's a place like San Diego or it's like Fort Hood, Texas. Sorry, I don't remember the new name or it's Millington, Tennessee or Hawaii or wherever you're going. Um, See if there's an opportunity there because you do have your BAH that you can definitely apply and invest towards your future instead of a landlord's future unless you're the landlord then hey it's great to invest then in if you're the landlord. So those are my thoughts on it and please do do your research um on fees and a lot was talked about maintaining property as rentals please do research that heavily before you purchase a property to make sure you can rent it out because not all areas allow rentals.
0: All right, Stephanie, you get the final word. I final make.
1: word um you know i think the main thing is you know i want people to have choices especially if you're PCSing, right the only way to have choices is to know your options um so i would say as soon as you get orders that is not too early to contact a mortgage professional and at least have a conversation that's step one just have the conversation and then step two would be running the numbers for a pre-approval but a year beforehand is not too early you know we can prep you like if the rates go down it will look like this if the rates go up it will look like this but have choices you know that's that would be my my main takeaway
0: i love it as always great advice from our pros so stephanie alexis jason mm-hmm. thank you for sharing your tuesday evening with us um you guys may not know this but right after monday night football the tuesday vetted va Live is probably the most viewed thing of the week. So you guys will probably be famous in your neighborhood now after going through this. So thanks for joining us. We will be back next week with another group of experts and another topic, and we'll see you then.